Welcome back to Griffin Review After Hours, and today I am joined by Garrett Jones. He is a guest contributor, Howdy. a truly insightful person. He's going to be asking some questions. We're going to be having Shucks. some content, a little talk back and forth, and looking forward to it. So, Garrett, what is on your mind? Well, what is not on my mind? I, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Thank you so much. You know, special okay. thanks to you know you and Grant and Brandon for providing me this opportunity to come speak. And you know, I appreciate you know just hearing thoughts. But I would say one thing that you know has been on my mind recently is you know being home, like uh, being home during the summer, having a new lab opportunity. Um, you know, I just focusing on, you know, getting work done and living my life to, you know, when I come home from work, uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to spend it on my phone? Am I going to go, you know, watch the walking dead season seven, you know, (laughs) wonderful decisions, decisions, I know impossible choice. There's a lot, you know, or, you know, do I go outside, you know, do I, you know, so there's a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember I was listening to music while painting, um, I love painting, by the way. And um, there was this song that is called F Song by Pink Guy. Or not Pink Guy. I I forget the name of it. Of the guy who wrote the song. But it's called F Song. And it reminded me of someone very special from my hometown. And, you know, I was sitting there and I hadn't spoken to this someone in a while. Um, But I remember... Um, their mother was a great cook and she made us wonderful sliders and I still have the recipe of those like sliders but this person is not like in my life anymore but you know I have articles of clothing from them and you know I have recipes and there's different things that I still incorporate into my life that even when this person isn't in my life anymore they're still a part of my life if that makes sense you know so as I'm listening to this song, a lot of memories are coming back, and you know it just got me thinking and reminiscing. You know, so specifically for you, what's a song that reminds you of someone that you love? Hmm. Uh, wow. Way to start off with the heart. <laughs> but um, there's uh, a there's, be personal. There's a piece by I believe. I can't remember who who wrote it, but it's it's called Two Aquarellas, and okay. it's it's this very beautiful strings piece that's kind of an it's an interlude, and and, and I'll say the backstory first. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of uh, my my first long term girlfriend, yeah. uh, my, my my first my first love, and yeah. she obviously it didn't work out for whatever reason. I mean, I, yeah. I, we're not we're not getting into it, but. <laughs> To, to me, the, the song paints a picture, if I would describe it, it's a very slow interlude, but it's a very short song. Mm. And so it, to me, it kind of tells the story of something wonderful, something beautiful, that is still tinged with a little bit of uh, the color of sadness. Like yeah. it's, it's very hard to describe in that sense. Yeah. And so when I think about it, I don't look at it like with, with pain or suffering. I'm, I'm, I always love the, listening to this song because it's not hatred for the past or contempt for her or myself for who I was then or, or, or any of it. Yeah. It's literally just kind of this somber recognition of something that was beautiful. Yeah. And to me, that's that's good enough. It doesn't have to be more than that. Yeah. But I'm always frustrated when, when people or, or things try to make songs out to be more than they were. They mm. can be just beautiful, simple, slow, yet also short. 
and yeah. just resonate with an emotion that's wonderfully painful. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't think of how else to describe it. That's no, I, I completely understand. Yeah. You know, during like you know the the girl, the person I'm you know was referring to this F you know uh, F song by yeah. I'll look up the artist later. Um, you know that song I had heard it before. You know our relationship, and I thought it was you know like a a good song. I hadn't listened to it, but you know going through COVID, this relationship had kind of stemmed over COVID, and so you know COVID was a very pivotal moment. It was you know when I was going you know through my junior year and even into my senior year, you know having it kind of being cut short, and you know after COVID when restrictions lifted you know, things just kind of moved on. It was, you know, okay, you're graduated now, you know, you're moving out. And it was, it was like a little scary because, you know, all of a sudden I just went through this pandemic and now everything's changing, yeah. you know? And so when this relationship came and when it came and went, um, you know, and having that being tied into COVID, you know, that song, you know, when I went back and listened to it again, you know, and I thought of the person that I was and the person that I am now, you know, that song that I had heard before, those wavelengths that had come into my ears of a certain frequency, now sparked a different chemical response than they had before because of my experiences. And I think that's what made the song more intimate. Right. Was, you know, the things that I went through and the experiences that I had. And I, if I didn't have those same thing, I wouldn't, you know, the same experiences, then I wouldn't have that emotional connection with that song. You know, but what I like, I agree with you, what I like, what kind of you talked about of, you know, something that's really beautiful, but that, you know, not to say that it was cut short, but it yeah. just didn't last as long as I would have liked it to, yeah. you know, is definitely relevant, you know, in the, you know, in F song. And yeah, but I agree. I think there's that, there's that aspect you're referring to, which is part of the resonance is mm. still a little bit of a recognition of loss, mm. right? It's not, a, it's not a terrible thing. Again, I would not date <laughs> My first college girlfriend today. Oh, yeah. I would not no. touch that. And you probably wouldn't go back either. You're, yeah. you're happy today. But at the same yeah. time, it's still a recognition that yeah. this was something lovely, that yeah. this was something momentous in your life, and it gave you a qualitative experience that you never want to lose. It's, yeah. and, and to me, this, this is the frustration when I think about it. I'll, I'm sorry for, for no, 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 no. But somebody asked me one time, they said, do you still love your exes? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still love all of my exes. And they said, well, don't you think that's unfair to your future relationships? Mm. I said, I don't think so, because okay. they're not mutually exclusive, right? The mm. compassion and emotion that I feel for every single one of my ex-relationships doesn't preclude somebody else. Mm. But it also is a recognition that there was something wonderful there. Yeah. There was something truly special yeah. about each one of them. And, and I don't want to degrade their personhood by saying, no, I don't love I, I, I hate that part of myself. I hate that experience. I, I, I despise all of it, and I renounce all of it. Yeah. Because to me, it's 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 branded into mm. my person. And I carry that with me, with all of those experiences. And the next person I date will accept me with that branding because that branding made me a better person. It yeah. made me a more compassionate person. It made me a better listener. It made me a, a more active contributor to a relationship. Yeah. And those brands aren't signs that I'm still obsessed with somebody else. But that I gain something qualitative from the experience yeah. that I carry with me. And I think that's part of the expression of love is that you carry part of that person with you and recognize the point of origin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> you know, there's like this person's not in my life anymore yet, 
I still have like clothes that I wear every week yeah. from them, you know, food that I make, you know, memories that I have, you know, the way that I speak to is another speech. I think was such a powerful thing because, you know, when you're with someone, you know, you adapt their mannerisms and you adapt, you know, what things to say, what yeah. things, you know, make them like happy. And, you know, so I, I remember I used to say like, Hecka a lot and you know my the the person that i dated didn't like me saying hecka yeah. you know because she was like if you're gonna say hecka just say hella you know yeah. like go all the way like give it a hundred percent or the way that i text too like i use a lot more like the um the smiley faces but the texted out smiley faces not like the emojis i barely use emojis anymore because my ex-girlfriend you know, was like, why are you using so many emojis? Yeah. Like, not in like a bad way, no. but just like, you know, like we would joke about it in the car, yeah. you know? And so I, I still text without any emojis anymore. And, you know, it's that little bits and pieces of things that, you know, carry, carry with me. And, you know, kind of going back on the point that you said, like, don't be sad that it's over, but be happy that it happened, yeah. you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, you know, be fortunate enough that you had those good memories. So that right. way, when the times get bad, you know, or the times are a little low for you right now, you have something that you can look back on and, you know, feel a little bit happy, you know. And I think that's what's really powerful. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I think there's things that, you know, if I, going back to, like, do I still love my exes, I think, or, you know, do I love this ex in particular? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for me, you don't really experience true love until it's not there anymore. Mm. You know, you don't really understand how much love for, you know, that person that you really have, or you take it all for granted when you're with them, that when you're not with them anymore, all of a sudden that love is still there. You just don't really know what to do with it. And something that I heard that really stuck with me is that grief is just love that doesn't have a place to go, you Mm. know? So it's all still there. It's clever. I'm stealing that. Yeah. Oh, please do. Yeah. You know, so I think going back to like what songs, you know, remind you of someone you love, you know, I think that's, what's beautiful about art is that the connections of something that's, you know, inanimate that we can have on a more personal level, you know, and that we are reminded of, of a person every day and it keeps going back. So, and I think part of, of what you're discussing is the essence that there's a, a painful resonance that exists. That's quite lovely. Right. It's 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 you know, you're, you're talking about grief as the the manifestation of love that cannot be expressed mm. in, that, in that perfect crystallized way. Yeah. But I, I think you can also say that we consciously choose to listen to this music anyway. Mm. Right. It's not that you, you, you know, you hear the song. I don't hear two aquarellas and I'm like, no, <laughs> it's coming on. It's, it's going to remind me. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I embrace yeah. it. I accept it. It washes over me like a warm blanket. It's, yeah. it's a. It's a feeling of and a sense of it's to feel something of yes a sublime sanguine memory and, yeah. and, and that's that's enough it doesn't have mm. to be more than that and by God I'm happy I'm not in that relationship anymore <laughs> so I'm glad it's not more than that but it's yeah. it's it's still you you still recognize the loveliness of what was and, yeah. and I think that, I think that the the pain that resonates is a, a rather human emotion in that yeah. sense. Um, I want to ask you a question then um, we've talked about that a little bit yeah what makes you personally a better person how do you 
how do you make yourself personally Ooh, a better person? That's a, another loaded question. <laughs> oh man, what makes me better personally? Yeah, like what what do you personally do? That's what I mean by that. Like what, not like what is your advice for everybody else to be a good mm. person, but how do you, Garrett Jones, contributor for Griffin Media, how do you become a better person? Well, I think what defines being a better person. You know, I think, you know. We had a, I remember a conversation that we had about morals and, you know, what really, you know, taking morals, for example, yeah. what defines someone as being good or bad or better, you know, is a complex, you know, point to get across. So I really think it depends on experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a human component, you know, to, you know, be a better person. Do I make others feel happy? You know, I remember... I wore fedoras in middle school and I was the fedora kid and I got bullied because people, you know, were self-conscious and people didn't really know how to like, you know, kind of like treat others with respect, you know? And so I had a fedora. I thought they were sick, you know, I thought they were really cool. I thought I was getting all the ladies oh, with them. I had like a wheelie. Yeah, yeah. I had a wheelie backpack, you know, like <laughs> and a stroll. I had my fedora oh, on yeah. and listen, I had a Charizard XD Pokemon card in my back oh. pocket at all times. So Dude, I, did you worry about getting robbed? Yeah, no, man. I like that. And I had a, <laughs> exactly, Matt. Oh. I was the talk of the, no, you know, yeah basically people you know people like didn't know how to handle themselves they didn't know how to handle yeah. my swagger so like you know people like would pick on me you know yeah. and I, this isn't here to be like a sob story no. but you know those when i got to high school i stopped wearing fedoras mm -hmm. and you know i stopped playing pokemon and i you know got a hard line haircut and I started wearing, like, you know, the cool Hollister clothes and, you know, every, no no offense to people that wear Hollister, by the way. Excuse you me. know, no offense at all. I'm just saying that was the norm at the time. I'm feeling attacked right now, dude. <laughs> Not personally, you know. But anyway, I, I stopped doing the things that I, as a kid, had thought. Because when you're, like, in fifth grade and when you look at, like, eighth graders that wore fedoras, I thought they were the coolest people ever. You know, and so when I got, and so, you know, anyway, bring this back to what makes me a better person. If you were to ask me what the best version of myself would be, mm. it would be the cool Garrett five years down the road, mm. you know, in sixth grade. Oh, well, once I get to high school, I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to have a girlfriend. It's going to be great. And when I got to high school, um, I remember thinking, man, I can't wait to just go through college and have a really nice job. You know, I'm going to work with Doctors Without Borders, and I'm going to help people, you know. So my perception as I got older changed. And so what – okay, going back to the original question, what do I do that makes me, you know, or at least what I think makes me a better person? And I think it really just depends – it just depends, you know, on what stage in life I'm in. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in middle school, what I would do is – I would pretend to have, like, I would pretend to be like Lenin, you know, in Soviet Russia giving, like, a speech, and I was going to lead a revolution and, like, help my fellow working class people, and it's going to be great, and I'm going to be a hero. And when I got to high school, you know, I remember thinking, I'm going to be, you know, I want to do volunteering. That's going to make me a better person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's gonna, I'm going to help people. But, like, where was the motivation coming from? Was it, yeah. like, you know, insecurity about, you know, other people thinking that I was good? You know, so now, 
yesterday when I went home from work after, you know, lab. And I sat down and I hadn't called my dad in a while. And so I called my dad and I said, hey, dad, like, how are you doing? You know, and my dad was like, I'm a little tired. You know, I've been working a lot. Like, I've been doing good, you know, but I'm, I'm exhausted. And I just remember yesterday, you know, just talking to my father and just being like, hey, like, you know, I had some questions because he used to work in a lab. You know, I had some questions about how to do this in lab. And just being on the phone with my dad. And we were on the phone for like, you know, what felt like 15 minutes. We were on the phone for like an hour and a half just talking about, you know, just different, you know, things to do in the lab. And it, it always starts with my dad where we'll ask about like a question and then it will go into like, you know, just life mm. and like how to, you know, live life. And if I'm doing and, you know, that's one of the fun, beautiful things about the conversations that I have with my dad is they always end up in a place that you never thought they were going to end up. But that's the great beauty of ambiguity is you know you're along there for the ride and so I, when I got off that call you know I remember my dad and I talked about you know just you know how to help you know like a neighbor fix their car mm. and you know I remember thinking after that call man like I want to go implement that like mm. I, I really hope someone's car breaks down you know <laughs> that way I can go and help fix it yeah. You know, because like that would, I'm sure, put a smile on their face and yada, yada, yada. So what was the thing that I did that, you know, I thought made me a better person? I think it was just talking with my dad, you know, it was talking with the people that I like, I loved, mm-hmm. you know, and again, that changes over time. Mm-hmm. You know, if, like I said, like if you were to ask me, you know, when I was less mature, you know, it's just different. And so I think now it's, it's, you just got to talk with people. You know, I love talking with people. I love being social. I have like a social meter, uh, you know, where I'll just be exhausted over, you know, time periods. Oh, fucking extroverts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like an introverted extrovert, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just talking with different people, yeah. you know, and seeing, you know, just getting advice from them and seeing what you could do. Also drinking water. That's another big one. Stay hydrated out there. Um, so, but yeah, I think it's, you know, just being a human being and have intimate conversations with people. It sounds like you're specifically prioritizing these human connections, these, these human experiences. And by that, I mean, you're, you're talking about your situation with your dad where you're, you're saying, Hey, I'm just excited to see somebody with a car broken down the road so I can save this. Even though they're having probably like <laughs> no the worst bad luck to anyone, life, no bad luck to anybody, yeah. but I just can't yeah. wait to be, to be that kind of a person in that kind of a situation. Yeah. And, and I think that's a testament to the fact that, what makes you a better person is what makes a lot of people a better person is are these human experiences these, mm-hmm. these interactions that we have at what are terrible times in our lives yeah right and to me that that's part of the reason why you know as much as in, in western society we're, we're told at a very young age you know that it's about the quality of life is that's the most important thing for your happiness and your satisfaction you prioritize things that make you feel good and you eliminate the things that make you feel bad yeah. no exception and, and i think that's part of a failure because a lot of the human experience is accepting the good and the bad because they exist in tandem because mm-hmm. out of that abject pain out of somebody having their car broken down on the side of the road comes a human emotion of grief and fear yeah. but also potentially connection and compassion yeah. right those things don't exist mutually exclusively in fact oftentimes they're contingent mm-hmm. compassion necessitates something that you are compassionate for yeah. something that you're compassionate with yeah so i think 
those human experiences are, aren't things to be avoided. They're, mm-hmm. they're things that we unfortunately have to accept. And, I, and I'm not saying, yay, suffering, but I am saying that we don't ignore the role that suffering has to make us better people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of struggle that makes people, you know, become better people. And struggle is what, you know, defines, you know, human beings. So I think it's, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's powerful and they can sometimes come into conflict with one another, but you know, for the most part, there's a lot of beauty that comes out of it. So absolutely. Well, Garrett, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to thank have you for having me. Um, are there any closing remarks, anything you feel like you, you want to get off your chest? You know, you want to confess to the, you know, the murder of princess Diana, this is a great time to do it. It on was the channel. all me. I was the driver. <laughs> um, just stay humble, stay kind and, you know, stay happy. All right, folks, so. you, you heard it here first. Garrett, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you. Appreciate it. And to Likewise. all of you out there, hope you enjoy a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we look forward to seeing you very soon. Love you guys.